This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Culture Addicts, welcome back to the new TNN for the latest edition of Junk Man. My name is Johnny C, and as always, uh, thanks for joining us here on the new TNN. If you're not familiar with Junk Man, that's the show here on the network feed where we uh, take a look at some movies. Some movies that are not held in the highest regard. We watch them and talk about them, and then we decide, well, is it junk, or maybe is it not junk? Has it gotten a bad rap all these years? And uh, according to the schedule that I use to plan releasing uh, these episodes, it's right around the start of December right now for all of you, and I am so happy to be kicking off December in style with some nightmare fuel that is known as Santa Claus the Movie. Holy fucking shit. Uh, you know, it, we might as well, we might as well go this direction, because we're, we're coming up on Christmas and everything else that happens in December, so let's, let's play with some legendary figures, and my god, folks, this movie, now this movie was released on November 27th, 1985, now I was born in March of 83, okay, you're going to have to go with me on this, but I swear to you, I'm not fucking around and telling tales out of school. I, I went to see this movie in theaters. I know I did, and my parents remember taking me. For the love of Pete, I have memories of seeing this. I can't explain it, but I promise I do. And I remember being terrified of this film, and I have never seen it since that fateful day that I watched it all the way as a babyster back in 1985. So uh, I-, I was in for quite a journey, and I think the rest of you are too. Of course, hindsight being 2020, I-, I don't know that it's nightmare fuel per se, but I can absolutely understand why I made have been terrified in this movie especially here in the early stages, is, I mean, the whole movie is completely fucking bonkers, but you want to talk about bonkers, we will get there. So, to make a long story short, this movie, well, we always kind of talk briefly about what the movie is, who's in it, who directed it, we're going to do all that. So, before we get into the, the actual stars and director, just a very brief plot summary, okay? This movie is twofold. Okay, now it's produced by the Salkin family. These are the individuals responsible for producing the four Christopher Reeve Superman films as well as the spin-off Supergirl. And you want to talk about spin-offs, I'm not sure what they're going for here, but I think they may have been trying to start some sort of holiday cinematic universe. Because this film 
is sort of cut in half, much like the first Superman film. Not so much in length, but in concept. The first part of the story is the origins of Santa Claus. Like he is a goddamn superhero. He gets past... Well, we'll talk about it. Much like how the Superman film is basically Krypton, Kansas, Metropolis. Uh, You get Krypton and Kansas mixed together, and then... In the second half of the film, uh, Santa has to deal with being Santa Claus in the quote-unquote <clears throat> modern world of 1985. So strap in indeed. Directed by Jeno Schwark. I'm sorry if it's mispronounced. I really am. The director of Supergirl, which I would argue is a... Okay, it's a bad movie. It has a badass score, though. That score practically saves that movie and a delicious Peter O'Toole performance. And yes, I called it delicious. Squirt. This film stars Dudley Moore as Pitch, the inventor elf with a heart of gold. Why couldn't he just be playing Arthur and be like, Santa, Santa, come here, come here, Santa, I've got some things to show you. (laughs) Come closer, Santa, come closer. What is it? What is it, Arthur? I got some of the secret. I fought it! I'm drunk and isn't it hilarious? Oh, Arthur, you drunk. John Lithgow as evil toy maker BZ. Hello, it's John Lithgow! I'm looking for some money in the mountains that I lost. Where's Sylvester Stallone? I want to kill him and his friend Michael Ryuka if they don't help me find this money. John Lithgow! I don't know why I gave him sort of an English accent, but he's yelling all the time. I'm not from Earth, I'm an alien! It's a really shitty John Lithgow, but get used to it. Burgess Meredith briefly appears, not as the Penguin or Mickey or even Grampy Gustafson from Grumpy Old Men. Here he's playing the ancient elf. Hey, Santa, how much for a go at Mrs. Claus? It's been a long time for the ancient elf, and I'm getting a little frisky. I don't want it to turn into an icicle. And finally, wrapping up this cast, I couldn't be happier that this man is here as this man's appearance in this film is basically the genesis for the entire shtick of this entire episode. David Huddleston as Santa Claus. What the fuck does that mean? Who is David Huddleston? Mr. Lebowski himself. That's right, the big Lebowski. The gentleman who played the real Jeffrey Lebowski. Dude, the big Lebowski. The real Jeffrey Lebowski is here as fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> it's delicious. Much like John. And speaking of delicious. You know how I know I saw this movie? Because I was inundated with press for this film. And I had some paraphernalia related to this film. What the fuck does that mean? Much like great films in the 80s, this movie had a wonderful promotional tie-in with McDonald's. And in the Happy Meals, you could get these books. Like four books that told the story of Santa Claus, the movie. I had two of them, I believe. And the pictures in these books were frightening. I don't know why Mom agreed to take me. But, and and, you know, you don't believe me McDonald's had a sponsorship. We'll, we'll, We'll get there in the actual film. But, uh... You know, and you could Google it and look up the books and stuff like that. But we had a bunch of them in the Johnny C. household. Now, I don't want to take any more time. Let's go ahead and bounce into the the nightmare fuel realm of Santa Claus, the movie. So we start with Jesus. Or 
We actually start with a star blinking in the sky, and we we followed through the clouds into an icy tundra that is, I don't know, middle Europe or somewhere like that. Now, I jokingly say this movie starts with Jesus, but Jesus himself, even though this is a Christmas film, is nowhere to be found. And if you're not comfortable with jokes like that, you might as well turn it off now, because it's going to get worse, okay? But it appears that Jesus is being held back for the sequel, I guess. But, uh, you know, he may be responsible for some of the magic powers that Santa gets, but we will get there. We will get there. So it's the Middle Ages, and we're in, like, deep Europe even though everyone is speaking English and there are no accents to be found. And classic, we start with a voiceover. It's an old woman who's in an icy giant fucking cabin out here in Nowheresville, all right? And she's spreading some fake news about a magical land up north to all the townsfolk and kidsters that are in this house. I think this is a like, hey, we have to all huddle together so we don't freeze to death scenario, because when I call it an icy tundra, it is an icy tundra. But to peel back the jokes a little bit, since this movie is so insane, let me just paint a clear picture. It's a snowy night. An old woman is in a house with a shit ton of people, and she's telling everyone the story of a magical land up north where it's always cold. She says, on certain nights, lights in the heaven appear and all the colors of the rainbow are visible. And when that happened thousands of years ago, the snow burst open and out came the Vendigums wearing brightly colored clothes. Now, the Vendigums are a myth to these townsfolk. We will later learn that what this woman is saying is actually true. And the Vendigums are a magical race of folks that live at the North Pole that are better known as elves. I thought they were Vegnagun, the villain from Final Fantasy X-2, but that's another story. And when I say elves, I'm not talking about, like, Legolas and uh, the Wasp from The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I'm talking about, you know, like Willow. Uh, Little people, if you will. And there's nothing funny about that. Uh, I do love Willow, but, you know, there's nothing funny about it, okay? And... All these old-timey kids are like, Oh, Vendigum's granny, I think that's bullshit, I do! And she's like, Oh, no, kids, it's true. It's true. Don't you fucking talk shit to me, or no one's gonna bring you any toys. And the kids are like, Ugh! Speaking of toys, where's the fucking toys? When is he gonna get here? And I'm like, Wait, they're waiting for Santa? Already? Well, so much for the origin. But, they kind of are, and they kind of aren't waiting for Santa Claus. Uh, this old guy smoking a peace pipe, not Gandalf, should have been, is like, Oh, Frodo, uh, he can't get here tonight. There's too much snow, and even those reindeer of his wouldn't be able to get through this snowstorm. Now, Frodo, if you would, make me some coffee, and I think perhaps a candlelit beach is appropriate, Frodo. Get over here. But bells will be ringing and bells start ringing and the kids are like he's here he's here granny he's really here why are we in old-timey london shouldn't this be like romania shouldn't we sound more like dracula but uh a a sleigh does arrive that a couple of caribou are pulling that's right i'm not going to call them reindeer they're caribou and it's an older man and an older woman but they're like 40 old oh shit a 40s old i'm fucked But the kids are like, Uncle Claus! Uncle Claus! That's right, it's your good friend, Uncle Claw. You're afraid of the claw, aren't you? And his lady friend, Bunny Claus. 
Well, not buddy. I'm sorry. That's his, that's his next wife. This is Anya. And it's the Big Lebowski. He's got a beard. He's got some sweet long hair. Looking like fucking Sam Elliott in Roadhouse here. And he's like, ho, ho, ho! Because uh, it's not, not quite infringing on the copyright of ho, ho, ho. But he does have a jolly laugh. And he's got a bag full of toys. And he's like, Kidsters! My little, my little Lebowski sluggers! How are ya? And they're, of course, excited to see him. And he's like, I brought you all something, even though you're bums. And, and he's got a bag full of toys that he whittled out of wood for all these kids. He's he's like the grandpa from Son-in-Law. He's always got some wood, and he's been whittling these statues all fucking year. And these kids are like, oh, yay, a wooden statue of a fucking sheep. How about a goddamn Nintendo? Uh, and the old people are like, uh, Uncle Claus, did you bring us any food? And Lebowski's like, sorry, losers, the bum's lost, the bum's lost. Guy's like, fuck it then, fuck you, Claus. And he's like, yes, fuck it, that's your entire generation's outlook, fuck it. Um, it he then goes to a little girl named Elsa, and he's kind of creepy with this girl. He's like, Elsa, let it go, here's a statue of a Vendigum. Are they real, Uncle Claus? Oh, probably fucking not, go to bed, so you don't freeze to death. I'm getting out of here. I've got some more toys to deliver across town. And all the old people are like, Oh, Claus, you can't make it. It's too cold outside. You'll be in danger. And he's like, Don't you tell me what to do. I didn't get millions of dollars and a bag full of toys from listening to you. I didn't quit when some Chinaman took my legs in Korea. Whoa, whoa, dude. The preferred nomenclature is Vendigums. Not that. And, and I apologize. I'm just quoting the movie. It was necessary, but I won't do it again. All right. Um, but he's like, my my caribou, Donner, and Blitzen, they'll get me through this thing. They can do anything I want. And so the Big Lebowski and Anya ride off into the sunset, if you will, on their sleigh with these caribou. And, and Lebowski is really working it on Donner and Blitzen. Those are his caribou, by the way. And he's like, come on, fucking move it. And Donner and Blitzen, God help me, they push through, but suddenly the snow picks up, and folks, how would you like to watch Santa Claus die? <laughs> because that is this film's origin for Santa Claus. So again, all jokes aside, Uncle Claus and Anya are a nice couple in their 50s. They got nothing to do, so they make toys for kids, and they, they spread the toys, and, you know, it's like, oh, you love your Uncle Claus. Oh, Anya, it's just something to do, you know? I mean, it's Whittlewood fucking fuck by the fire or, or, or look at the reindeer fuck, you know? There's not a lot to do around here. And besides, I've got no legs. I lost them in Korea! But yeah, there, there's not much to do here in old-timey Romania, and so he just makes toys and gives them to kids. You see where this is going here? You see why this man might be chosen for a legendary, uh, mythical saint role in the future? So, on the way to the next town, there's a snowstorm, things really pick up, and you know what? There are four principal characters involved in this snowstorm scene. Donner, Blitzen, Anya, and Uncle Claus. And the movie slows down kidsters and takes time to watch each of them individually freeze to death including the caribou you got some great fucking animal acting going on here i don't think these things are puppets 
Oh, they might be. I don't know. So I don't know who to praise. I didn't waste time to look it up. But these animal actors deserve an extra fucking carrot, or these puppeteers deserve an extra zero on their salary. Because the reindeer in this movie look great. Um, Mrs. Claus is the... Well, the, the caribou both die. And Lebowski's like, You bums! You lazy bums! Anya dies, and he's like, No, Anya! Oh, I loved you! Okay, where's that blonde chick, Tara Reed? But before Uncle Claus can find Tara Reed, he himself freezes to death. And I'm not fucking making a joke here. They freeze to death. We even get a time lapse. Like, the camera waits. The camera is on all four of them. And, like, we fade into later that night. And there's, like, icicles growing off of their corpses. Suddenly... The North Star lights up. Again, is Jesus the secret mastermind behind the scenes? And is he imbuing Uncle Claus with some powers to perhaps uh, give his birthday special meaning? I don't know. The movie doesn't make a decision. Who's more powerful, Jesus or Santa? Who really owns Christmas? Oh, you know what? That's what they're doing in the Holiday Cinematic Universe. You start with Santa, because he's basically the Superman, okay? And then in the sequel, Santa v. Jesus, Dawn of Justice. That's what we get. Jesus is like, Alfred, how many people have we seen come and go? How many good ones? How many stayed that way? You know, obviously referencing uh, Lucifer, the fallen angel, the morning star, if you will. You know, Jesus has fucking Judas's Robin uniform in his Jesus cape. <laughs> he looks at it every night. Or maybe it would be John's Robin outfit and Judas is the Joker. <laughs> oh, some people just want to watch the world burn, Jesus. <laughs> so, anywho, that's the sequel. The North Star resurrects Jesus, or <laughs> resurrects Uncle Claus, the caribou, and Anya. And the Vendigum emerge. And the sort of forest area that, that Santa was in, or Claus was in, fades away, and we're now in, at, at the North Pole. I think they're just reusing the soundstage they used for uh, Superman's Fortress of Solitude, by the way. The Salkins trying to save themselves a couple of bucks. And the Vendigum emerge from the Netherscape. Now, the Vendigum are just Santa's elves. And they're like, Oh, hello! Jolly good to see you, Santa, uh, Uncle Claus! It's, it, we've been waiting for you for quite some time! He's like, you've been waiting for me. I'm never late. I'm Lebowski. But they're they're dropping all sorts of weird knowledge. Like, we've been waiting for you for a long time. We've just been waiting and waiting. They introduce themselves, and we meet Patch for the first time, which is Dudley Moore's, like, elf. Uh, He slides under the sled uh, to, you know, fix it like he's fixing a car, like he's a goddamn mechanic. And he's like, oh, look at the cooks on those reindeers. Oh, can I have another brandy? Oh, here, just having myself a time. Oh, oh, I, I fixed your sled, Uncle Claus. Now let's celebrate with a toast. <laughs> you know, because he's Arthur the drunk. Now that Uncle Claus is dead, though, he starts to to start gaining his Santa Claus powers. And the first one he gets must be Santa Vision, because he looks a little bit further into the horizon. He he sees the Vendigum Castle emerge. This is just Santa's workshop, eventually. But it's it looks like a giant fortress in the snow. It's not made of snow and ice, so it's not the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, but they go to this Vendigum cla- castle, and they show Uncle Claus, like, all the toys they've made for, like, fucking Millennium. And they're all, like, wooden horses and shit. Really bad toys. And 
and everything is bright and multicolored, like a fucking rainbow jizzed all over it. And, 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 you know, that's fine, but you should clean up your jizz. That shit shows up on the infrared light. Um, and they're like, yeah, man, we made all this shit. Let's start getting to work. And Uncle Claus is like, I've been working my entire life. I didn't stop working in Korea when I lost both my arms. And they're like, whoa, calm down, Uncle Claus. It's cool. See, you, you're you going to live forever now. You're immortal. And he's like, wait, is Anya immortal too? Fucking hell, I had this blonde all lined up. And you bums ruined it. The bums lost, Vendigum. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they tell Santa he's immortal now. They tell him maybe he should get some sleep. They give him some nice sleeping pajamas, including a Santa cap to sleep in. They give him a rug that ties the whole castle together. And they give him a tape of some credence. I mean, Lebowski's getting off pretty easy here. I mean, it's not every day you get fucking resurrected. If you would have died in Korea, you wouldn't have been resurrected, Claus. So good for you. Uh, but Claus can't sleep. Comically, him and Anya are sleeping in a bed in a closet. And the camera zooms in on this closet. And it sounds like they're doing some hardcore Christmas fucking. Because Anya's like, oh, oh, Claus. Oh, Claus. I'm serious here. This is not a joke. She's like this. But then she's like, this mattress is so comfortable. I don't even want to sleep on it. I don't want to waste a moment of laying on this mattress. And he's like, well, I'm glad you're comfortable, Anya. I haven't been comfortable since Korea. But he go, he can't sleep. He goes and talks to uh, Patch or Arthur or Dudley Moore. Just Dudley Moore. And he's like, uh, Dudley Moore's trying to get the Donner and Blitzen to eat. Uh, Blitzen's ready to eat, but Donner's got anxiety. Uh, at this point, Pitch is like, oh, it's okay. It's jolly good. Uh, the reindeer will be fine. He just needs some elf confidence. Take a shot every time Dudley Moore says elf confidence when referring to, like, self-confidence. You'll be drunk before we get to the 80s. Patch lets us know, or lets Claus know, Oh, yeah, I take care of the reindeer, and I'm also an inventor. Look at all these inventions I've got. Here's a Game Boy. You think kids will want a Game Boy someday? I don't know. Oh, look at this. This is a dildo. It runs on batteries. <laughs> but no, it's more like an alarm clock and shit like that. See, he's got ideas. Ideas that he wants to share with Santa Claus, but... Santa Claus isn't quite Santa Claus yet. He's still Uncle Claus. We've got a few more trials we have to go through before we gain full Santa powers. Of course, the first thing that any good hero needs when you're telling the origin story is a nice super suit. Uh, the elves all dance around and make toys on the next day, and, and we start like a toy-making montage. Eventually, we get to the super suit. Now, this is a missed opportunity because Alfred... Uh, Santa's fucking butler elf is making a suit. And it's basically the traditional Santa suit that we know. But why not have a Santa tried on clothes montage? I mean, sure, it's 1985 and I'm Too Sexy is nowhere to be found. But a nice Santa trying stuff on and Mrs. Claus being like, Nope. Santa comes out in like a wacky Hawaiian shirt. Nope. Santa comes out with some leather chaps. Hey, look, I'm a cowboy. Nope. Uh, but the suit is brown or green or some shit like that. And Dudley Boy's like, huh, I know. <laughs> Let's make it red. My cheeks are always red and rosy, just like his. They're like, that's because you're drunk, Arthur. And he's like, ah, fuck you. I'm having a jolly good time. Let's dance some more. And they make the super suit red and the elves dance some more. While they're making these toys, they also apparently, 
sprinkle some hay, you know, that like hay, straw, with some angel dust, Holmes? And I'm like, oh, man, give me some of that angel dust. Uh, We see them cleaning the reindeer. I'm assuming that Dudley Moore is taking care of the special areas because he's got a big grin on his face like, oh, don't don't tell anybody, but I'm about to give you an old jolly. (laughs) Oh, now where's that Mrs. Claus? I need myself a jolly. (laughs) Now this montage takes for fucking ever, but it does at least paint a more clear picture of traditional Santa mythology. We're making toys, we're getting the suit, you know, no more death and resurrection here. Side note, I don't know who wrote the music for this film, but they almost got themselves sued because they're two notes away from the Jeopardy theme. Like, they're so close. Uh, the montage ends, and you th- you guys think I'm, I'm maybe leading into this Dudley Moore repra- reprising his role as Arthur and being drunk the whole time a little too hard? You might think that. But this montage just ends on Dudley Moore's face having a laughing fit. So I'm not crazy. You're crazy. The night has come. The Vendigum all line up. The sleigh is packed. The reindeer are hardest up and ready to go. Oh, wait, no, we're not quite there yet. So sorry. This is the first insane ritual that happens after the montage. The first insane ritual is everyone's gathered in the toy-making area of the castle, and the roof opens, and a star falls in to the fucking room. I thought they were waiting for the powers of Grayskull to come, you know, like when the mood is at its apex, the the power to be supreme, the power to be masters of the universe. Now that is a movie that has a fucking score. What's with these 80 movies getting saved by their awesome music, like Supergirl and fucking Masters of the Universe? Anyway, it's this this falling star turns to snow, and they're like, Season's greetings has begun! <laughs> I thought for sure that they would have yelled, It has begun! Because it is sort of reminiscent of Shang Tsung. But uh, everybody starts to dance again. It's like Dudley Moore just yelled, Hey, everybody! We're all going to get laid! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da! I was alone. I never knew what good love could do. Then we touched and we sang about a lot of things. Anya's in the back with some elves. All night. All right. Oh, every night. Santa's doing some blow. All right. All night. Oh, every night. Dudley's getting a beach from the reindeer. I say, every way you want it, that's the way you need it. Every way you want it. Anyway, uh, now the night has come. Our fucking second weird-ass Santa ritual happens. Claus has the suit. Anya's so proud. She's like, oh, Claus, I'm so proud of you. Even though your stubborn ass almost got us killed in that fucking storm, here we are now, resigned to a life of servitude with these fucking vendicum. They smell, Claus. Did you know that? They smell like fish. I'm tired of fish. Uh, Santa steps out to rally the troops like he's Mussolini. He's like, vendicum, the night has come. Execute Order 66. But no. It's time for the, for Santa's knighting ceremony, basically, okay? Everything's ready to go. Everything's ready. The toys, the fucking reindeer, the elves are all lined up like they're goddamn Nazis ready to salute Santa. And uh, this is where we learn about Santa's third Santa power. So the lights go down. Uh, 
and the Ancient One is here. And no, it's not Tilda Swinton, it's Burgess Meredith as like the Lord of the Vendigum. Which definitely sounds like something out of Tolkien. Now, Burgess Meredith's beard here, he's got this fake prosthetic beard on. It's so long that two Vendigum have to carry it as they walk down the aisle. I'm assuming later in life some of these Vendigum settled in Pennsylvania and became the Amish based on this beard. The elves all take their hats off to honor the Ancient One. And Anya, Mrs. Claus, straight up falls to her knees. And Dudley Moore's like, oh, get up, love. If you fall asleep in the casino, they'll arrest you. (laughs) And I should know. (laughs) But the Ancient One has a speech to deliver. He proclaims the prophecy is true. We have found the kid lover that makes toys. Chosen One, come forward. And Keanu Reeves is like, oh. I think I'm in the wrong movie. And flies away. Because he's not the chosen one. The chosen one is the big fucking Lebowski. From this day and now on forever, you will bring our gifts to all the children of the world on Christmas Eve. But how can I do this? I lost my legs in Korea! And the ancient one's like, Time travels with you. Time is an endless night until your mission is done. This is your legacy. Your gift, as is the gift of flight. So, let's just roll down the roster of Santa powers, because he got two there real quick. Santa Vision, live forever. On the night that Santa delivers toys, Christmas Eve lasts forever until he's done. And now he can fly. Now, henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. Okay, he does his, He does give him his name, though. He says, Henceforth you shall be known as Santa Claus. Merry Christmas! And then, <laughs> Burgess Meredith just bails to pick up his paycheck because he's out of this movie forever. But, much like the scene where Darth Sidious gives Anakin Skywalker his title of Darth Vader, this just happens with no explanation. It's like, it's just chosen arbitrarily because that's the dude's name. That's his title now. Uncle Claus is dead, Santa Claus is here, deal with it. But the timeline and the mythology here is really bonkers, because the ancient elf, who's been around since time immemorial, I would guess, says, Merry Christmas! They're going so deep, making up all these fucking reasons why Santa Claus is quote-unquote real, but they're completely ignoring the religious aspects of Christmas. Now, I don't actually have a problem with this, because I ignore the religious aspects of Christmas, but it's just weird to me. You know, I suppose if they were making the movie in the modern times, they would also ignore the religion. But, you know, Santa wouldn't be an old nice guy. He'd be some, like, fucking warrior in the Crusades. Like, Klaus, the unmovable. And he'd be like, I am here to claim this land for Christianity. You call it Korea. I call it Christmas land. Wow, now I kind of want a movie. Anyway, it, it... uh, it's it's I'm off the rails here, but there's no Christmas mythology. It's all Santa mythology. Uh, Dudley Moore brings out the hay with the angel dust, and the, the reindeer and the caribou all eat it, and now they can fly. Donner gets the shakes immediately. He's like, they speed up the film, and Donner's like, oh, shit, man. You know, next year we've got Cocaine Bear coming out, which looks amazing. If that goes well, can we get the sequel, Angel Dust Reindeer? I think it would be great. Santa is ready. The reindeer are ready. Is it time for the origin of the classic Santa call? You know, we've gotten a lot so far, but 
Is it time for Ondonder, Blitzen, fucking Cupid, and Dudley Moore, you know? Nope. Lebowski is ready. He's now Santa Claus. He yells, Yo! Like he's fucking elf. Yo! And the reindeer just all take off. He finally ho, ho, hoes and flies off into the wild blue yonder. And you know what? The special effects of them flying are bad, but I'll take them over CGI. I'm so tired of CGI. And I will say the matte paintings in this movie look nice of the sky. As they're flying, Donner freaks out again. You just need some of that elf confidence Arthur keeps talking about. He hasn't been telling you, Arthur, every night when we sleep in our chamber bed that you need elf confidence. A Santa doesn't have a map, by the way. And don't forget, one of his Santa Claus powers is that night lives forever when he's out doing his thing. So if he gets lost, we're just stuck in eternal night until he finishes. Another montage happens of kids getting toys throughout history. We get some great screen transitions. Santa, like, flies across the screen like, ho, ho, ho! And the picture just moves with him. Kids start uh, writing letters to Santa throughout time. And letters magically arrive at the North Pole. Basically, the entire world starts buying into the Santa mythology that you and I know. The elves, actually, they they have a cutaway during this montage. And basically, the movie proposes the theory that Santa is responsible for modern education. Because one of the elves is like, look, Santa, kids are learning to read and write just so they can write you messages. Ah, We see later that the Vendigum invented ball-in-a-cup because they're making some sweet 18th century ball-in-a-cup toys. Now in the 18th century, like, there's, there's, like, words and numbers roll across the screen. It's like 16th century, 17th century. When we get to the 18th century, we're in old-timey London town, and this kid is dressed like Mr. Birds when he's a youngster, and this kid in old-timey London that we know nothing about, it's just, ho, 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 delivering toys montage, Mr. Burns as a kid strangling a cat. There's a child just strangling a cat, and this kid's sister's like, No! Don't kill Puffy! I love him! Uh, That night, this little girl writes a letter to Santa that magically transports to the castle, and Mrs. Claus is reading the letter, and she slowly starts to turn into Lady Macbeth and starts ordering Santa around. It's time to change the rules, Santa. This boy's awful. Only the good children should get toys. And Santa's like, Well... Dooley, ho, 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 get up here. And Dooley's basically his Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he's like, yes, Mr. Lebowski. And Mr. Lebowski's like, make a naughty list and a nice list. And Dooley wanders off to do this. He's like, and oh, Dooley, Santa spikes the camera. Be careful. I'll be checking the list twice. And sort of winks at the camera. And Dooley wanders off to get the list ready. Don't fuck me like those bitches in Korea did. Santa power number five, the power to determine who is good and who is evil. The history montage continues. Toys start to change, but we're still not getting anything cool like computers. Uh, There's like a We Are the World sounding song about Santa. It's like, Santa knows the way to live. Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. Now in the 19th century, Santa gets all pissed off because the elves are like, Oh, look, somebody in the real world wrote a poem about you. And it's Twas the Night Before Christmas. And Santa gets really adamant and pissed off that they say his belly shakes like a bowl full of jelly. And Mrs. Claus is like, well, you know, you do eat all those fucking cookies. 
So it's diet time for Santa. We see Santa eating a bowl of carrots, and he's all like, man, you stupid fucking bitch, you're making me eat these carrots, I should fucking kill you. Finally, it's the 20th century, and the Vendigum, or the elves, have discovered branding, because now every toy they make gets stamped with a little stamp that says, Elf Made. Oh, you, you know, you know... Monsoon, these elf-made toys are really just coming from China. It's a Vendigum conspiracy. Everything is elf-made, which means China. China really controls the world, McMahon. Or Monsoon. You know what? It's just China, Monsoon. Uh, Santa, though, is getting tired these days, and he keeps having flashbacks to Korea, and he's falling asleep in a bowl of soup. He's also been apparently writing bad checks all over town for milk. Something's going wrong with the Big Lebowski here. I'm worried he might become a nihilist. You, the, you, you know what, elves? I'm now nihilist. I believe nothing. Uh, but Lady Macbeth suggests that Santa needs an assistant. And two elves could spring to mind as potential assistants. One of them is Patch, Dudley Moore, who just invented a snow globe. And Santa's like, hey, Mrs. Claus, let's look at this snow globe for a sick transition. And sure enough, we look inside the snow globe, the camera moves into the snow globe, and ladies and gentlemen, live from New York, it's 1985! And an orphaned kidster in 1985 New York is wandering around the streets, getting food out of garbage cans, and dodging the cops. Now the kid leans up against the wall, and there's a great gag where he sees a Salvation Army Santa steal some coins from the Salvation Army back box, bucket, whatever, and, and pocket them, and it's like, dude, well, I guess it is 1985, so he could buy a lot with a couple of quarters, but this dude also pulls a legitimate brown bag of booze out of his box and starts drinking it, and in a really nice, uh, like, house, I guess, here in New York, there's an orphan rich girl who lives with her governess in this fucking mansion who's watching this orphan boy from afar, and I think falling in love with him or something. Uh, the little boy who's an orphan is Joe. We don't know his name yet, but just for clarity, this is Joe. The little orphan girl that's rich is Cornelia. And his governor, or her, his governor, her governess is a bitch like, Cornelia, get away from the window before you catch cold and study your fucking arithmetic tables. Meanwhile, though, back in Vendigum Castle, it's time to decide who's going to be Santa's assistant. Dudley Moore is a man of the future. He's got ideas. He wants to build an assembly line. His opponent is Puffy the Elf, and Puffy thinks automation might be faster, but it's also sloppy. And, and Patch is all like, Hey, Puffy, you twat! I don't need elf assurance from you. I've got plenty of elf assurance. I was making toys in Korea when you were in diapers. Don't you talk to me about Korea! You little bastard, don't talk to me about Korea! I was watching my friends die in Korea when you were still on a plane to Korea! I don't want campaign promises, I want results! Santa storms off, and it's an elf off. Patch versus Puffy, Dawn of Elftus. It's a competition between building toys the old-fashioned way and building toys the automated way. We get another fucking montage! And if that drives you crazy, don't worry. This montage at least has a slide whistle in the music. Woo! Uh, the automation's going well. It starts making mistakes, though. 
off camera. Like the elves don't know this. Like it, it there's like a, a piece of automation that puts screws and nails in toys and it keeps missing. And these toys are kind of shitty, but they look okay. And that'll become important later. But Santa decides, Patch wins, and Patch is like, that's right, Puffy, you son of a bitch. Stroke that beard of yours now while I'm getting sucked off by Mrs. Claus every Christmas when I'm in the sleigh with Santa. Fuck you, Puffy! Meanwhile, in McDonald's. That's right. We smash cut to New York, and there's a fucking McDonald's just, like, fucking built into this building in New York City. And the sign is lit up, and the the camera lingers on the sign of McDonald's. Inside the McDonald's, people are having a grand old time getting their food from the counter. We see a woman bring her table a tray of French fries. And, folks... I don't know why, but they decided to make the call to have this woman in the movie eat french fries like the rest of us do. Now, people in movies eat french fries one at a time. But we all know that those of us out there stuff the fries in our mouth like seven at a time. And that's what this like beautiful woman in McDonald's is doing. She's like, Mwah. it's like it's a big cock. She's just like, give me these fries. You're going to eat your fries? Fuck it, too late. Give me these fries. Joe the Orphan Boy is watching these people pound french fries. His face is against the glass and everything. He's like, oh man, I wish I had McDonald's. The camera takes time to zoom in on people eating fries. One dude's eating a Big Mac. A girl's eating some Chicken McNuggets. So those are our big products. And to finish it all off, a guy is washing it all down with a big old giant ice cold soda. You know, I'm getting some fucking Joe Chill or Joker vibes from Joe here. He's like, I'll make you bastards all pay. You're not letting me eat McDonald's. We smash cut across town to Cornelia, and she's having a stuffy dinner at a giant table. She's kind of giving me some Bruce Wayne vibes. And her governess is like, all right, I'm going to go watch Masterpiece Theater. You study your Latin, you fucking cunt. Uh, and Cornelia sees Joe is now watching her eat. Cornelia, though has a heart of gold, and she wanders off behind her house to an alley to feed Joe like he's a goddamn stray cat. She leaves him a bowl of food outside in the alley, and she leaves him an ice-cold Coca-Cola, making sure the label is facing the camera. See, I was confused at first. We started this journey here on Junkman. All these elves and fucking Vendigum and Resurrections and Santa Powers and fucking castles in the sky were confusing me. The ancient elf shit was confusing me. But now we've got Coke. We've got McDonald's. I can safely say we are now in a movie that is actually capturing the true spirit of Christmas. Now, Joe, of course, inhales this food like an unhinged beast. And then he takes a big old swig of the Coca-Cola. And I actually started typing out, oh, okay, this kid's not drinking actual Coke. Because, man, you drink Coke that fast and that much, you're going to have a big old man-sized burp. And sure enough, Joe the character actually, just like he's fucking Homer Simpson. Well played, movie. I give you high praise. Now, Santa's flying over New York City. He's like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, pretty lady. What? Oh, it's okay. I I thought Santa was going to have to be canceled here for a second, but he's talking to the Statue of Liberty. Ho, ho, ho. He buzzes the Twin Towers, and he's like, Well, reindeer, I'm fucking Jeff Lebowski. I'm clearly pretty awesome. Oh, there's not one kid in the world that's having a bad day today. And then he kind of looks over the side, and he's like, Ah, shit, there's one. He, of course, sees Joe having a shitty day and lands. 
on a rooftop. And, uh, folks, we learn a new Sarah, but Sarah, Santa power here, because he's like, okay, reindeer, I'll be right back. And bam, he just teleports like goddamn Nightcrawler down to where Joe is. Now, Joe is standing in the streets of New York City, stayed warm by Bernie newspaper in a goddamn barrel. Okay? Good thing Santa's here to Santa-splain stuff to him. Uh, he's like, what are you doing on the streets, little boy? <laughs> Joe fucking cocks his head and he's like, I'm pitching a no-hitter for the Yankees. What do you think I'm doing, you brick? <laughs> I love Joe already. He's a sassy New York kid giving it to Santa. Come on, Santa. Stay out here with me and get a taste of the streets. Come on down from up high and see how the other half live. I wonder if this chance encounter with Joe is what later will inspire Santa to make the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. Uh, Santa's like, well, Joe, why don't you tell me about life on the streets? Joe's like, that's cool. You mind if I do you Mind if I do a J, man? <laughs> but it's Christmas Eve. We are on the streets. Don't you know what that means? Santa is pure boomer here. He's completely out of touch with reality. Don't you know who I am, Joe? Joe's like, yeah, you're a fucking wino. Uh, of course, Joe doesn't believe him. I mean, there's lots of people dressed up like Santa Claus. So, Santa teleports Joe to the sleigh, and he's like, well, you want to take a ride? Joe's like, well, I'm probably going to die tomorrow anyway, sure. Uh, don't worry, Joe. You'll be safe on this, uh, you'll be as safe on this sleigh as you will be at home. I ain't got no home! And Santa's like, oh, <laughs> my word, no home? How can a child not have a home? Uh, but he offers Joe a chance to get the reindeer to go, and this all rhymes, and of course Joe makes him go by saying, Yo! Whoa! (laughs) And they fly. Um, one thing I love about this flight sequence is that it's it's rear projection, you know, and the, the lighting on this rear projection stage makes the grease stains that they put on Joe, the actor really stand out. This kid looks like a child that lives on the streets. So so well done. Joe's like, oh man, can these reindeers do like anything? Yes, of course they can. Oh, except the super duper looper. Well, my goodness, Santa, what's the super duper looper? Well, let's try to do it. Come on, Donner. So the super duper looper is basically doing, I guess, a loop-de-loop with the sleigh. And of course, Donner with anxiety issues, which are nothing to laugh at. But Donner is the only reindeer that constantly chickens out. They try this maneuver in the skies above New York City. They are heading straight for the goddamn World Trade Center. They're getting closer. They're getting closer. Oh, God, please move. They're getting closer. Donner starts to do it, but he quits. And they almost, almost hit Tower 1, but they move away. God damn it, Donner. That's so fucking dangerous. Uh, Santa lets Joe drive the sleigh. It's just typical feel-good shit. And Joe's like, well, what do we do now? Smash cut to them delivering toys to one another. Joe's like, oh man, you deliver toys. I ain't never got no toy. Well, didn't you ever write me a letter? No, I didn't write you a letter, man. I didn't think yous was real. They're in Cornelia's house. And Joe makes a noise. Cornelia, fucking wearing her straight out of uh, Mr. Burns' childhood like sleeping gown, comes downstairs and catches him. Uh, she offers Santa some nice Bloomingdale cookies. Remember, she's rich. Santa's like, oh, good, you two know each other. Uh, why don't you stay here, Joe, and stay warm and maybe eat, and uh, I'll come back next Christmas. All right? Good luck staying alive. See ya. And he teleports away. 
Uh, but, you know, he's at least promised to come back next Christmas and see Joe. Uh, Christmas ends, and it's sort of like later on the planet Earth, kids are playing with their toys. Uh, you know, enjoying all the stuff that they opened up on Christmas. And it's like kids riding the bikes and, like, the wheelbarrows and tricycles and shit that the automation Dudley Moore elf made. And they all start falling apart, and the kids are like, ah! And we see all these kids getting hurt. Some kids pull a wheelbarrow, and the handle breaks off, and goes into the street, and this wheelbarrow just gets run over by a school bus. Uh, it appears that the shoddy craftsmanship of Santa Claus is really coming to the forefront here. We smash cut to Joe getting the shit kicked out of him by some other street urchins. And they're like, hey, you, hey kid, you said you like Santa Claus. That guy makes shitty toys. This is for defending Santa Claus. And he's like, but Santa's good. Punch, 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 punch. I mean, the script of this movie... The kids getting beaten up for defending Santa Claus craftsmanship. Why not just have these kids beat him up because he's poor? I mean, I could, I could get behind that from a screenplay perspective at least. Um, uh, Cornelia is at ballet practice, and some ballet girls are giving her shit for defending Santa Claus. This girl's like, my parents gave me a doll with a cassette tape, and you don't even have parents, Cornelia. Cordelia snaps and attacks this girl, like, clawing her face. And you actually hear the ballet instructor like, Girls, this isn't how dancers behave. Uh, Back at the castle, all of these broken toys start flying in through the chimney like it's Harry Potter. Now, this is also how the letters from kids show up. Uh, So, J.K. Rowling just stole it. You fucking bitch. But, anywho, they're like, Returns? We've never had returns before. How do you return a broken toy to Santa Claus? Do you take... Is it like Kohl's? Can you return Christmas toys from Santa? You can return Amazon there, I know. Patch gets called into Santa's office to fall at his sword. Santa's doing a thing like, Well, I, I don't really know how to say this, Patch. And Patch is like, Oh, you know what? It's cool. You know, Santa, I'm actually thinking about retiring so I can focus more on my drinking. And he does the old I quit before he can get fired. He goes to say goodbye to the reindeer. I think he spends a little extra time with Vixen. Like, "Eh, Vixen, I'll miss you the most, truly. And Patch teleports out of the castle and leaves into the... He wanders off into the cosmic unknown. Seems like a pretty good time to play Arthur's song. When you get caught between the moon and New York City. Patch is gone. He's dead like a big old bitty. That wasn't funny. Smash cut. To the Capitol building at Washington, D.C. It is shortly after Christmas, so it might be under siege. But truthfully, what the movie's showing us is an honest-to-goodness congressional hearing on toy safety. And ladies and gentlemen, finally, an hour into this movie, making his debut, Mr. John Lithgow. He's just casually smoking a cigar in front of the, uh, the Senate. The senators are doing a demonstration to prove his toys are dangerous. They hold a cigarette up to one of this man's toy dolls, and it immediately engulfs in giant flames. Like, this would keep Joe warm for an entire year. It's so big. And the senators are like, Mr. John Lithgow, what do you have to say for yourself? And John Lithgow takes a big old puff, and he's like, Well, Senator, smoking can be hazardous to your health. I think me and Mr. John Lithgow's character will be getting along famously for the remainder of this film. But uh, 
the his name is BZ. That's it. And he runs the BZ Toy Company. And they're in big trouble because not only is their doll hazardous, they rip open like a stuffed panda bear. And I swear to God, they turn it upside down and all this dirt and rusty nails fall out of this toy. If a heroin needle fell out, I would have been impressed. Uh, Senator, I'm even more astonished than you are, truly. Uh, the Senate orders him to pull every single toy off of retail shelves. His assistant shows up and he's like, Oh my God, BZ, we're going to be ruined. Ruined, I say. We're going to have to pull all the toys off the shelves and we're still going to have to pay all the factory workers. John Lithgow's like, Those commies, I'm not paying them. Back at Santa's castle, you could tell that uh, the elves are not taking Patches running away too well. Santa's like, yes, it's true, Patch is gone. Off to join the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. Uh, I'm just worried, though, that the world is going to eat him up and spit him out. And the elves are like, oh, don't worry, Santa, he'll be okay. The world's really a good place, right? I mean, we get all these wonderful letters from out there in the real world, and Santa's like, well, boys, maybe it's time we talk about the real world. But Patch has made it safely to New York City. He teleports onto the city streets. And because, you know, movies can only have a runtime of a certain amount of minutes, Patch immediately gets the plot moving forward. He teleports in front of a store and sees all of the BZ toys flying off the shelves and out of the window. He's like, oh, goodness, this BZ must be a fabulous toy maker. I should probably walk for him. And sure enough, he teleports to BZ's toy factory. Now, BZ's just gotten to his office for the day, and this should really give you an idea of how John Lithgow is playing this character. He's all alone in his office. He takes off his coat, and Lithgow had like a flower in his pocket to look good for Senate. He realizes he's still wearing this flower, and he like rips it up and shreds it and jumps on it a couple extra times like, Damn you, flower! I hate you! And the, the, his chair spins around, and Patch is sitting right at it. Now, John Lithgow's like, how did you get in here, my dear boy? What are you doing in my chair? And Patch is like, well, I'm an elf. I'm here to make toys for you. Uh, And, you know, you're not an elf. I don't believe you. So Patch starts teleporting around his office like, oh, here I am. I'm over here now. Hey, look, I'm I'm in your drawers now. Hey, look, I'm over in your cupboard. Now, I've heard pray tell that Dudley Moore was supposed to play Mr. Mitzelplick in uh, Superman 3, but they went in a different direction a.k.a. Richard Pryor. And hey, I like Richard Pryor's Superman 3 for reasons, okay? But this tells me Dudley Moore could have definitely played Mr. Mitzelplek. Like, it would have been bad, but he could have pulled it off. Uh, Long story short, unless it's too late, Patch is like, ah, you make toys, right? I don't know, are you from the FTC? (laughs) But Patch wants to get back at Santa, and he's going to make toys for BZ. All right? Uh... But Patch is like, I'm going to make something really special. Uh, but we've got to tell the whole world about it. We need to get on the telly. I'd like to be on every channel in every country on Christmas Eve. That's outrageous! That would cost a fortune! Well, Mrs. Claus always says, if you give extra kisses, you get bigger hugs. <laughs> uh, Patch is like, don't worry, I'll do this all for free. John Lithgow gets an evil smile, and he's like, what? That sounds lovely. How much will we charge for this new product you're going to be making me? And Patch is like, hey, well, we'll give it away for free, of course. Lithgow has a stroke. For free? 
but it might be good publicity. Uh, what are we going to be making, Patch? Well, it's going to be cheap, it's going to be easy, and it's got a secret ingredient. Dudley Moore pulls a fucking pouch of angel dust out of his pocket, and John Lithgow gets an evil smile. He fires his whole company, uh, and his assistant's like, what are we doing giving away all this stuff for free? Lithgow's plan is sound. Ask any drug dealer. The first one's free, and the next one costs double. So... They bring Patch, who's in like a secret laboratory, a suitcase full of sucker molds. I guess Patch is making suckers. But it honestly looks like a briefcase full of dildos. And I'm fine with either one. I just thought it was pretty humorous. Uh, Lithgow gets in some nice insensitive dialogue because uh, his assistant's like, oh, why don't we make the uh, suckers pink? Well, not pink exactly, a shade of pink. And Lithgow's like, oh, I knew you were a dandy boy. It doesn't say that. That's, you know, it's wrong, but that's pretty much what Lithgow's going for. Back at Santa's castle, uh, Santa's going old school. He's not walking the top rope so much as he's whittling a wood statue to give Joe for next Christmas. I mean, if Joe survives to next Christmas. I mean, he did leave the child on the streets. And Santa doesn't even realize Mrs. Claus has to point out to him that the statue he's making of an elf is actually a statue of Patch. Oh, I think Santa misses Patch. Back in the real world, Patch is on TV, advertising his free sucker as the world watches. Cornelia is watching this commercial as well, and her governess is like, hey, your step-uncle's here to see you. Uh, she, Cornelia walks into an office, and she's like, hello, Uncle, Merry Christmas. And the chair spins around, and wouldn't you know it, John Lithgow is her uncle with a cigar, and he's like, well, it certainly should be a good Christmas. <laughs> uh, in the North Pole, they're watching the commercial. Santa seems sad, but he's glad to know that Patch is still alive. Say It's Christmas Eve, so he's like, well, I'm off to deliver toys. So this movie's telling me it's been a year since that night at McDonald's. Well, all right, we sure didn't cover much ground. It didn't seem like a year, but whatever. Santa's off to deliver, and you know what? BZ and Patch need to deliver their suckers as well. And it seems like Patch has invented a toy car that flies to compete with Santa's uh, fucking reindeer sleigh. And they have this big fucking ceremony to reveal Patch's car, and it reminds me of The Simpsons when Homer unveils his car, probably because the cars look exactly the same. Um... But yeah, man, fucking John Lithgow, not John Lithgow, Dudley Moore flies around and brings all the suckers. Santa flies around and drops off his presents. He actually stops to see Joe yet again. They fly around for Christmas. Um, Joe admits he's been hanging out with Cornelia a little bit, and uh, Joe gets his toy statue of Patch. And the next morning, we're in Cornelia's house. Cornelia's got the toy piano that Santa brought her, and the sucker's there. Her governess is like, oh, don't you want your sucker, Cornelia? And Cornelia's like, fuck no, I don't want that shit. And the governess is really excited. She's like, oh, goodness, can I have it then, please? I got a bit of a sweet tooth, I do. She goes to town on this sucker, that being the governess, and the sucker being the actual sucker. She's treating it like a cock. She's like licking it and stroking it. It's tremendous. As soon as she takes a bite, ladies and gentlemen, she starts to float to the ceiling. Oh my, I feel just like Mary Poppins. I think they put the angel dust in the sucker 
And even though I'd love to believe she's hallucinating because of the tremendous drugs, she's actually floating. It looks like the angel dust that makes the reindeer fly is going to be making anyone that eats a sucker fly. Now, seriously, pause. When I came to this moment in the film, I kind of got a little angry when I had to reveal to myself a, a very hard truth. Folks, if I could be serious for a moment, Johnny C is a big fan of DuckTales. And you can ask anyone that I've ever talked to about DuckTales, which, mind you, I think is just my daughter. My favorite episode of DuckTales is an episode where Fenton Crackshell, fucking Gizmo Duck himself, tries to impress Scrooge McDuck by promising him he will invent a new product. Fenton Crackshell calls this product And he doesn't know what it is. He sends out advertisements, and the whole world is clamoring for pep. When will it come out? Luckily, Scrooge McDuck's crazy inventor friend, Gyro de Gearloose, has invented some chewing gum that will make you float when you blow a bubble. And if you chew enough of it, you start to float as well. Fenton Crackshell steals the gum and reveals it to the world as pep, as Fenton would call it. Fenton becomes an overnight sensation, but of course there is a danger for making the whole world floaty. My world has come crashing down that I now know the writers of DuckTales basically stole the premise for this episode from Santa Claus the motion picture. But rest easy, fair listeners. I can confirm that episode of DuckTales is still ten times better than this movie. However, I weep for the virgin-like innocence that has been lost in my brain for that episode of DuckTales. Fenton Here's to you, buddy. Okay, now we can resume with our regularly scheduled program. I'll tell you what, though. Mary Poppins ain't the only one who's floating, okay? Because kids all over the world are floating thanks to these suckers. These kids steal cookies from mom and dad because they can get up to the cookie jar. Hey, we finally see some black people in the movie. They're playing basketball in the hood, won't you know? And they're dunking basketballs now. This movie's absurd for that. But we we then see some honest-to-God spitting newspapers, okay? And John Lithgow holds a press conference. He's like, yes, everyone, come in, sit down. Let's I will answer any questions you want. And they start asking Patch these questions, and he's like, no, no, I think I'll answer the questions. Thank you very much. Uh, But BZ has a big announcement. He's announcing that Patch is exclusive to the BZ brand of toy-based entertainment. And the reporters are like, oh, that's great. Let's talk about the Senate hearings. This conference is over. (laughs) This press conference is over. Let's go, Patch. Uh, you know, and Patch is like, oh, this is so much fun, I'm having busy, but you know, you, you said we were going to have future plans, but I've got to get back to Santa, you know, and, <laughs> uh, yes, I know I've been drinking, but I think Santa's going to want to see me, now I'm a big star now. Oh, and BZ's like, well, you don't want to go to the North Pole. It's just cold up there, and there's polar bears. Uh, uh, say, could you, before you go, though, could you do me one big favor? And it's really not for me. It's for the children. Please, don't the children deserve it from you? Hmm. Now, 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 patch, my good man. What will happen if we make the formula stronger? Well, I, I imagine the children would fly, because, you know, it's the angel dust. It makes them float now, but they're going to fly. Can you do that for me before you go, please? But but not lollipops this time. We need something different. Oh, I know. Let's do candy canes. That's tremendous. Patch, you're wonderful. But, you know, people don't want to wait a whole year for Christmas. Damn it, man. They want a sequel. Say, 
And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. John Lithgow's BZ, the toy maker, has a genius idea. Christmas 2 on March 25th. And ladies and gentlemen, my promise to you is for the rest of my life, I, myself, being Johnny C., will promise to now celebrate Christmas 2 every March 25th. Won't you please do it with me? But back at the North Pole... Santa has moved on to his own sequel because he's talking to Mrs. Claus about throwing in the towel about being Santa Claus. You see, this is a big superhero movie trope. Superheroes always quit in the sequel. Don't believe me? Well, have yourself a look. Now wait. Uh-huh. You see that? Satisfied? All right, good. Well, you see, Mrs. Claus, the world has changed. You know, the little Lebowski urban achievers don't want to work for it anymore. They just need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Damn these men. If I fought in Korea for these children, they can believe in me. Of course, Mrs. Claus doesn't get that the world has changed because Santa doesn't take her out anymore. I mean, come on, Santa. Once a year, let this poor woman out. I think it's illegal in like 40 states. It just doesn't feel like Christmas anymore, Mother. And besides, I think this BZ is smarter than me. Well, Santa, if BZ can read, he's got you beat. So there you go. Back in the city, it's pouring down rain. So Joe heads over to Cornelius to try to stay alive for just one more day. Cornelius like, sure, you can come in, but you got to climb up this pole to get into my room. <laughs> this kid, man, he's got to climb this giant pole to get into her room. But hey, sneak into her bedroom. Hmm... Back in the toy factory, Patch is making some blue meth. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's the wrong show. No, he's he's improving the formula for the fizzy lifting drinks. Eh? Eh? You think I wasn't going to catch that? There's a great shot of him scooping the dust into the mix. It kind of reminds me when I used to have to make Nestle quick and was like, oh, I think I'll have another scoop. I think I'll have another. You know what? <laughs> make it three. I'm not driving. Joe, though, back at Cornelia's house, he's got a fever. He's sick. So Cornelia's like, you know what, Joe? It's settled. Just move into the basement until you get yourself back on your feet. <laughs> I mean, it seems like Joe could have used that basement a couple years ago, but uh, sure, why not? Go ahead and move in right now. That's fine. Back at the castle, the elves are showing Santa a new doll prototype they're thinking about for next Christmas. And Santa's just staring into the fire blankly. And they're like, Santa, we brought you a doll. He's like, a doll? Does it fly? And they're like, well, no, it doesn't fly. It it wets itself. Santa takes the doll, and he beats these elves to death like, damn you! I survived Korea, damn it! Back at New York City, BZ's assistant shows up at his house at like 3 a.m., claiming he's got some urgent news. They head down to the basement to make sure no one can hear the urgent news. Of course, Joe and Cornelia are already down there. And uh, they hear that BZ is so stoked that they're making so much money. He says, we're going to finish Santa Claus. The children won't want anything to do with him once they get a hold of me. Uh, but Joe sneezes and Joe gets caught. BZ straight up grabs Joe, the child, and carries him upstairs. And Joe's like, hey, man, you ain't never going to be Santa. You get your fucking hands off me, man. I know some people, man. And BZ says, "Park this child on ice. We'll deal with him later. Uh, because the assistant still needs to talk to BZ about the big news. And BZ's like, oh, leave me alone. I just want to smoke my cigarettes in peace. Come on, BZ, we need to talk. And BZ's like, oh, don't you ever have a day where you just want to drop a bomb on the entire world. Which is a great quote. Long story short, these candy canes that they're making will explode if they get hot. See, this angel dust, man... 
it's from the North Pole and it's got to stay cold. So if it warms up, Baboomski! And the assistant's like, we got to stop making these candy canes. And BZ's like, stop making the candy canes. Are you insane? Millions of dollars are rolling in every day, man. And most of it is in cash. Cash, man! Small, unmarked bills. BZ has an idea. Don't tell anybody the candy canes explode. Don't tell Patch. You and me, little buddy. We're taking the cash, and we're heading for Brazil. What's in Brazil, BZ? Oh, senoritas in bikinis, big rum pineapple drinks, and best of all, no extradition. <laughs> oh, I'm sure all the kids in the fucking audience think that's hilarious. Uh, Mom, you want extradition? Don't worry about it. Just watch the movie. BZ has a thug take Joe to the toy factory, and they tie up Joe to a pole and gag him. And this thug, as he leaves, is like, All right, kid, I'm leaving. Feel free to die when I'm gone. (laughs) Oh, man. That's how I want to fucking leave a room someday. Somebody that I'm pissed off at. Anywho, Cornelia writes a letter to Santa that Joe has been kidnapped and that BZ is an evil bastard. Of course, Magic teleports this letter to Santa right away. Santa is truly bummed out, thinking about ending it all. But the letter arrives. He reads it and springs into action. Settle up the reindeer! Lock and load. But two of the reindeer, Santa, they have the flu, and they just went out two weeks ago, man. They need a year to rest. Santa's like, Damn it, man! I'm a toy maker, not a doctor! Fine, I'll make do with six. Little Joe needs me, damn it! He's my little Lebowski urban achiever! You know, Santa, he's needed you for two whole years, but you didn't give a fuck back then when he was dying on the streets begging for McDonald's. Santa pulls a patent, walks the reindeers through a pep talk. Our little Joe needs us. I'm counting on you. That rug really tied the room together. We're two men short, but this time we must fly like the wind. Can you do it for me? Can you do it for little Joe? Let's go. Yo! And they fly away. And I'm kind of digging this action hero version of Santa. As we fly away from the North, North Pole, we're dangerously close to stealing from John Williams a little bit because it sounds like the Superman theme. Back in the factory, Patch is finishing up the batch of candy canes, and I, I, he's probably just doing some night drinking. He sees Joe, and he's like, ah, What are you doing here, young man? Joe immediately springs into action and starts beating on Patch. He's like, you son of a bitch! People hate Santa because of you! You don't even know Santa, little boy! Do too! Uh, Do not! Do too! Do not! And then Patch has a breakdown. He's like, oh, you know, I love Santa. I just wanted to be his assistant. Joe starts strangling Patch, and in this encounter, the toy statue that Joe has falls out of his jacket. And Patch is like, hey, wait a minute! That's my elf portrait. Santa loves me. All right, kid, let's go to the North Pole. Let's just jump in my little car. Meanwhile, Santa creepily teleports into Cornelia's bedroom, and they quickly fly away, and Cornelia's like, Hey, Santa, I've got some explosive news for you. Patch and Joe are in the Patchmobile, and they've got all the candy canes in the trunk. My God, man, they don't know the danger that's happening. Santa sees them, sees the candy canes are in the trunk, and oh no, it's a race against time as we fly across the world. Back at the toy factory, police arrive for reasons, I guess, and BZ is freaking the fuck out. He knows he's going down for the count. His desk 
has a drawer that's full of the candy canes, and he inhales them. Inhales them, and I think he even snorts a few of them like there's no tomorrow. The cops show up. BZ <laughs> perches himself on the ledge of the window and looks back with an evil grin like, Try and catch me now, coppers! And he leaps into the sky, and he just starts floating away until he's no longer on camera. That's right. John Lithgow eats a bunch of fucking candy canes and floats away to the heavens like, Ha ha, you bastards! You'll never see me again! Ho ho! Now, Patch and Joe are flying around the world with a green screen, and that's fun, but the candy canes are getting hot, man. And as they're doing the green screen flying, I swear to God, I think they're, they've stole some of this footage from Supergirl, but I guess you can't steal from yourself. But they're, they're literally flying all over the planet. We see mountains, trees, Sahara Desert at one point. Like, they're all over the place. And, and Santa's just a little bit behind him. And Patch is in full Arthur mode, just laughing like, I'm having the best time of my life. Santa begs the reindeer. He's like, please, boys, just a little bit faster. Let's show Patch we love him. But the car starts to make some noises that I think they again stole from Superman 3 because it's computer noises. And the car catches on fire. Santa, do something. Cornelia begs. There's only one thing that can save our boys now. It's the Super Duper Looper. The reindeer Donner's like, oh shit, man, you know I can't fucking do that. But here we go. They attempt the super duper looper. Santa and his sleigh fly underneath the car. Then they start to loop backwards. And they fly right over the car. And they just end up back where they were, but further away from the car. And that's the super duper looper. The car explodes. Thank God this explosion sends Patch and Joe flying into the air completely vertically from where they were and unhurt, not on fire. And now the loop-de-loop is complete and Patch and Joe just safely land in the sleigh with no broken bones. (laughs) We did it! Santa yells like a madman. Patch is like, hey, dude, fuck it. Let's go bowling. You know, because of Big Lebowski. Back at the castle, we start a big celebration. Santa's like, oh, I'm so, I love having you kids here. And Cornelia and Joe are like, can we live here until next Christmas? Santa's like, hmm, sure thing, but two rules. No fucking under Santa's roof, and you have to go to school. They spike the camera. School, everyone begins to dance. Santa spikes the camera and yells, hey, everyone, we're all going to get laid. And we dance some more. We then cut to outer space where John Lithgow is yelling, Let me down! Let me down! Let me down! He's somehow still alive. A Christmas ballad hits. And roll credits. <laughs> is this movie junk? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, guys. I have a new Christmas favorite. You put this movie up against some of the awful fucking Christmas movies that I've been watching for 40 years that I am so sick and tired of, and I'm watching this every time. And here's why, man. This movie is fucking just insane enough to entertain me, all right? I don't like Christmas movies. I did this one because it's just Christmas time and I thought it would be fun. I don't like this movie, but this movie is just the right kind of batshit crazy for me, and I am all 
in on it, and I give it the highest of recommendations. You have to see this movie for yourself, and it's an all-time ridiculous John Lithgow performance. And granted, every time I watch it, I'm just going to be thinking of all the Arthur and Big Lebowski shenanigans, but hey, if you listen to this and then you watch it, maybe you think about it too, and every time you watch it, you get a little bit of Christmas cheer. Woof! But hey, speaking about listening to new TNN podcasts, man, you got to keep doing it. We're coming out the gates hot and heavy here in December. Make sure you subscribe to this channel so you get notified whenever new content drops, man. Watch Santa Claus the movie. Do yourself the favor and watch it. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. And I'll see all of you on March 25th for Christmas 2.